Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there, and welcome back to the New Testament podcast. This will be for Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the ninth hour for prayer. Now the ninth hour would be be three in the afternoon. Is that right? No. The ninth hour, yeah, ninth hour will be three in the afternoon. And a certain man came from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. The man is over 40 years of age, by the way. If this man was laid daily at the temple gate, then Jesus would have seen him. Why didn't he heal him? He let his apostles do it at the right time. Verse 3, Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter and John, fastening their eyes upon him, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter did not ask the Lord to to heal the cripple. He did not pray to God to pour out his grace and healing virtue upon the lame man. Instead, acting in the Lord's name and by virtue of a delegation of priestly authority already received, he himself commanded the miracle to occur. Peter was the Lord's servant, his representative and agent. He stood in the place instead of Christ, doing what the master would have done if personally present. The illustration here seen of the relationship of master and servant, or principal and agent of the Lord and his representative, is the same as is involved in the ordinance of administration to the sick. And that was by Bruce R. McConkie. Verse 7, And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Harold Belise, who loved this powerful account of the priesthood in action, once said, Now in my mind's eye I can picture this lame man and what was in his mind. Doesn't this man know I have never walked? He commands me to walk, but the biblical record doesn't end there. Peter just doesn't content himself by commanding the man to walk, but he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Will you see that picture now in that of that noble soul, invited President Lee, that chiefest of the apostles, perhaps with his arms around the shoulders of the man, and saying, Now, my good man, have courage. I will take a few steps with you. Let's walk together. Then the man leaped with joy. You cannot lift another soul until you are standing on higher ground than he is. President Lee concluded, You must be sure, if you would rescue the man, that you yourself are setting the example of what you would have him be. You cannot light a fire in another soul unless it is burning in your own. Remember also when Peter walks on the water and that Jesus extends his hand to lift him up. And so Peter does the same thing here to this man. He, he leans down and uh, with his right hand lifts him up. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered in with him into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the, as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. And when Peter saw this, he answered and said unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? 
Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son, Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. I like the phrase, uh, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. Remember, as we as we think about that, remember that the God of Abraham is the God of of uh, covenants, covenant keeping. The God of Isaac is the God of deliverance and, and mercy. And uh, the God of Jacob is the God of second chances. I like that thought. But And 14, but ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. In other words, they let Barabbas go free and killed the Prince of Life whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And this man, though faith through faith in his name, hath been made strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is in him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I know that through ignorance ye have done this, as also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye, therefore, and be converted, and your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So even though these people may have been um, emotionally involved in wanting Jesus to be crucified, Peter is saying here that they still had a chance to repent of that. Uh, however, uh, Brother McConkie says, not to be forgiven and be heirs of salvation, as are those whose sins are washed away by baptism, but after they have paid the othermost, othermost farthing, they shall rise to some degree of reward in one of the lesser mansions. Uh, so those that were that were actually the ones crying for Jesus to be crucified uh, may not be able to receive an exaltation, but they might receive they'll they'll nev- nevertheless receive resurrection, but not in the, into the celestial kingdom. Uh, when he speaks about the ref- the times of refreshing, he says this earth was created in a new or paradisiacal state, then incident to Adam's transgression, it fell to its present celestial state. At the second coming of our Lord, it will be renewed, regenerated, refreshed, transfigured, become again a new earth, a paradisiacal earth. Its millennial state status will be a return to its, prime, uh, its pristine state of beauty and glory, the state that existed before the fall. That was by Bruce R. McConkie. Joseph Smith says that the Peter is here addressing the murderers who crucified Christ and that this is the reason Peter did not invite them to repent and be baptized for, for the remission of sins, but rather con- counseled them to repent and be converted in the hope their sins would be blotted out at the second coming. They could not be baptized for the remission of sins, the prophet said, for they had shed innocent blood. Speaking of this verse, Joseph Smith also said, Remission of sins by baptism was not to be preached to murderers. There is no forgiveness for murderers. They will have to wait until the times of, re- of redemption shall come, and that in hell. Verse 20, and he, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom ye have crucified, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Christ must and shall retain heaven as his dwelling place until the time appointed for him to return and reign personally on earth. In the providences of the Father, the second coming cannot be until the times of restitution. 
the age or era of restoration, it is that period in the earth's history known as the dispensation of the fullness of times, for in that era all things are to be restored. It should be noted that Peter does not say that all things must be restored before Christ comes, but that the age, era, period, or times in the earth's history in which restoration is to take place must itself commence. That era did begin in the spring of 1820, but all things will not be revealed until after Christ comes. And again, that's by Elder McConkie. Verse 22, For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And that was Jesus. He's speaking of Jesus Christ here. And that's mentioned in other passages of Scripture as well. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, in turning every one of you from his iniquities." Jesus told the Nephite kinsmen of these Jews almost the same thing spoken here by Peter. To these American Hebrews the resurrected Lord said, And behold, ye are the children of the prophets, and ye are of the house of Israel. And ye are of the covenant which the Father made with your fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed, the Father having raised me up unto you first, and sent me to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. But this because ye are the children of the covenant, and after that ye ye were blessed, Then fulfilleth the Father the covenant which he made unto Abraham, saying, In thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed, unto the pouring out of the Holy Ghost through me upon the Gentiles, which blessing upon the Gentiles shall make them mighty above all unto all unto the scattering of my people, O house of Israel. Elder McConkie said, Who then are the children of the covenant? According to the terms of the covenant which God made with Abraham, all of the literal seed of that great prophet are entitled to receive the gospel, the priesthood, and all of it, all the ordinances of salvation and exaltation. When any of those descendants do receive all of these things, they become the sons of Moses and of Aaron and the seed of Abraham and the church and kingdom and the elect of God. They are then children of the covenant, that is, they are inheritors of the fullness of the blessings appertaining to the new and everlasting covenant, which is the gospel. Ye are the children of the covenant. Our Lord told the Nephites among whom he ministered, a distinction which the faithful saints of this dispensation also enjoy. Rebellious Descendants of Abraham are not his children in the special sense that is intended by the designation children of the covenant. And so anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we will see you next time. Bye.